Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. With producer Sanaa Marie, each week I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. I'm Laquita Tate, your favorite interior stylist, blogger, and principal, and I'm, I'm hanging with my girl, Ina Esco, on Verbally Effective Podcast. We all around Memphis, Tennessee right here. We in the mix as well with DJ B.A., a.k.a. No Genre, a.k.a. Brandon Adams, and we on Verbally Effective Podcast with Miss Ina Esco. Let's go. Hi, my name is Curtis Braden, and I'm Verbally Effective because the challenges and diversity in commercial real estate. Curtis Braden is the founder and CEO of Braden, Braden, and Braden LLC, which was established in March of 2003. Curtis is a practice professional in the research, acquisition, disposition, leasing, financing, developing, and managing of commercial real estate. With more than 20 years of experience in the real estate industry, Mr. Braden has closed well over 500 investment real estate transactions. Mr. Braden is a native of Memphis who graduated from Tresvet High School, class of 1987. After attending Southwest Community College and the University of Memphis, majoring in banking and finance, Curtis attained his real estate certificate. Thereafter, he founded Braden, Braden, and Braden LLC, where he began a career developing respected relationships through exclusive representation of buyers, sellers, and owners throughout the Memphis area. Curtis Braden is the current vice president of CCIM Memphis Chapter and the 2022 president-elect. Mr. Braden also serves his community through Men of Memphis United, and 100 Black Men of Memphis. Verbally Effective, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Verbally Effective podcast. We are in the 100 series of the Verbally Effective podcast episode. And I am very excited today because I have a gentleman that has been tearing it up in the commercial real estate game for over 25 years. I have with me Curtis Braden of Braden, Braden, Braden LLC, commercial real estate firm. How are you, Mr. Braden? Great. I'm great. How about yourself? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Like I've mentioned earlier, I've seen you around Memphis um, and you hang with a with a pretty solid crew of men that are very successful in the city of Memphis. So I, said, I told my producer, we got to get Curtis Braden on here. And you know, I follow you on social media and I see the wonderful things that you've been doing. So you agreed and now here you are. So 
thank you for being my guest this morning. Welcome, you're welcome. So let's get started at the beginning, Curtis. What part of Memphis are you from? Well, I'm really from all over. Um, <laughs> I'm a product of a single mom, and we grew up uh, poor, if you want to call it that, or uh, and we stayed just about in every place from Orange Mound, North Memphis, South Memphis, Frazier, uh, up until, um, I'm to say up to a certain point when I got to my ninth grade year, my father had passed away and uh, we were left with a little money enough to kind of get out of the apartments into a, to a house. And I finished uh, my high school year at Trez living in Frazier. Okay, well, how was it, uh, you know, attending Tresvent. What were you involved in, Curtis, at Tresvent? Oh, <laughs> a little bit of everything. I tried to uh, put my head in everything I possibly can, but my mind was always around business for some reason. I think it was my grandfather, my mother, but uh, I always wanted to aspire to have more, and so I kind of gravitated to uh, Mr. McGee was uh, account my accounting teacher in high school, and uh, Mr. Fleming was my uh, algebra and geometry teacher. So they, those two individuals kind of helped shape uh, my mind a little bit to kind of stay focused on um, business, which uh, that went in and out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of my thing. I was the guy that carried a briefcase to school every day. What? Are you serious? The briefcase guy. Okay. It sounds like, like you were really infatuated with numbers. Would you agree? Yes, I would, I would agree. <laughs> I was. Okay. I was, and the numbers were the dollars. So I was very infatuated with that. I wanted to be an investment banker at an early age. I used to study. I was the guy that went to the library excitedly to read about different careers and, and how I can get into those careers and how I can make that money. So Wow. Was, Amazing. So when you graduated from Tresvent, what was your path at that point? Well, uh, I took the path that unfortunately is most is in African Americans mostly taken, uh, but and but it's a path that uh, a very low percentage make it from, and that's I didn't go to I didn't go directly to college. I didn't get a degree in college. I, I ended up attending Southwest for a couple of semesters, and then I attended University of Memphis later on down. Uh, in years, uh, I attended only for a real estate class. But the path that I took was uh, uh, one that uh, my excitement and my drive and the, and the need for money put me in a situation where I started working for. Luckily for me, I had some mentors that I was able to gravitate to, but I started working for African-American uh, small business owners. Okay. And they, that was kind of my instructors. I like to tell people, oh, that's where my college was. That's where I got my education from. Uh, whether it was uh, George Martin Sr., who, rest in peace, has passed away, but he taught me a lot in the in insurance industry. I got my insurance license. Uh, I think I may have been 18 or 19 years wow. old. And uh, I did that because I it was a path to financial services, I felt. And then uh, I'm no Dillard, Dillard and Dillard, a tax and accounting firm that I work for, and he used to be an instructor at a college. Uh, when I worked for him, he taught me a lot about accounting, um, uh, business, opening up a business and how to run one, customer service. Um, and then Will Henderson, uh, who gave, gave me my first opportunity to partner 
with him, with my own company, within his company, to do my own accounting and taxes. Uh, and then from there, um, um, I guess one of the guys that I really, really should should mention is Marcus Brown, who was a good friend of mine, and he was the one that kind of um, guided me to different places where, um, at the time, uh, small black business uh, men would and, and women would meet, and that was Applebee's on Union. <laughs> I remember drinks I after hours. Is. Yeah, okay. after hours, I'll be there, and I got a chance to meet. Uh, JW and, 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 and I'm gonna say our past mayor, uh, Harrington. And yes, WW. Yeah, WW. A lot of great men I was able to meet and be in that circle and feel that energy and understand that, you know, uh, one of the slogans of 100 Black Men now, and, and I was able to uh, uh, attest to that is that what you see is what you will be. And, and I seen that opportunity, I seen these individuals. and, and I will be excited. Uh, then from there, Ron Taylor, who gave me the opportunity to become vice president for uh, Mid-South Equity Mortgage, took a chance on me, seeing my dedication and my drive. I would say that each individual that mentored me or uh, had the opportunity to touch me in my life, they really seen the drive, and that's the reason why they were so excited to work along with me. Um, and then... I, I realized it was time for me to do your own thing. <laughs> step out on faith and fly. Yes. Now, you know what, Kurt, is something that I'm hearing you, you're saying that, you know, you have been influenced by many uh, black men throughout your life at a very early age. And, you know, you've been drawn to numbers, to the financial side of business. And you're from Memphis, Tennessee. Now, I'm a transplant transplant to Memphis. I'm originally from Beaumont, Texas, and I've been here since 95. And since I've been here, you know, um, you know, I'm a graduate of Lamont on HBCU, and I've just noticed um, as far as some of, how can I say it, the diversification, the diversification um, on the business side um, with entrepreneurs and gaining opportunities and creating opportunities, you know, sometimes that can be challenging. So I want you to kind of talk a bit um, about some of the challenges you may have faced in this commercial real estate industry in Memphis, Tennessee, just trying to get your foot on the ground, um, you know, as you've been, you know, trying to get to where you are today. What have been some of your top challenges? I think um, the biggest challenge for any African-American is that, especially in real estate, or uh, I would say to point out in commercial real estate, uh, is that the majority of the commercial real estate is owned by uh, white America or others. Mm -hmm. We don't own a lot of commercial real estate. And so the challenge is to convince or work with and show others, white America, and even, even African-Americans that may own commercial real estate that um, as an African-American commercial broker, that I have the knowledge and that I have the ability to give them the best deal that they need or the best service that they need. And so a lot of times that that doesn't come over well with anyone, whether it's African-American, white, because they have uh, 
monopolized, if you want to say, for a certain degree. They have kind of monopolized the industry to a certain degree. And, and, and they didn't do that in a racial standpoint. I mean, so much from a racial is, uh, way. It, it's really that, you know, mom and dad may be white. Yes. They own a lot of commercial real estate. It was handed down to them. Their yes. kids start to learn why they five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Mm-hmm. They go to schools with, go to school with other uh, like-minded individuals that who parents may own commercial real estate. So it's easy for them to get into the commercial industry brokerage industry and then turn around and uh, call people they know, people they hang with, people they go to church with, people mm-hmm. they play golf with. Yeah. We're not invited in those circles. I'm not going to their church just to do business with them. So I guess what I'm saying is that it's just it's a natural form for them to be able to excel in that because it's around them. It's not around us. My grandparents own uh, a couple of um, single family homes and they purchased those homes by living there and instead of selling them, they would move to another house let one of the kids stay there a while and then they ultimately kid buy their children would buy a house and then they would rent that house out. And so they were able to accumulate some uh, real estate that way. So I found that fascinating too. And that helped me a little, but it really did in a situation to come back certain challenges. Uh, I, I stayed in the Memphis business journal. One of the, the things that I ran into that I, I, uh, comes to mind all the time is that, I have a junior because it hits so many different parts. One is that I had a junior agent that came into he graduated uh, college and he had worked for another company for a while, but he was basically fresh out of college, white, uh, Caucasian, uh, American, great guy, uh, came to work for our firm. I, I then was working contracting with Marks and Millichap, a large uh, commercial real estate firm that does business all over the United States. Well, this gentleman came in and I was one of the top agents or the top agent at Marcus Mitchell during the time. And they asked me to train him. And I trained this guy and doing training, we went out on a call where we had to do a proposal to get businesses. It was a, a large apartment complex, I'm gonna say it was in Millington. And so we had to go speak to the owners. And while I'm sitting there speaking to, giving the proposal, you know, they're, they're paying attention to what I'm saying. And as I finish, they would go and speak to ask a question to my junior agent because he's white. And he would look at me because he didn't know he was there really to learn. Right. So he would look at me and then I would answer the question. Then he would propose another question. And say, <laughs> you know, it would say his name, hey, such and such, you know, what about such and such? Right. But he, that was really, he was basically in my mind saying, look, I'm not going to do business with you that way. I'm going to do business with you, but I'm glad you, basically, if this guy wouldn't have been with me, I would have never got in the door. Mm. He ended up getting the listing because they realized the knowledge that I had and the ability to get the deal done, but also it took for him to be there. Now, that's not, that's not normal Mm -hmm. in this business. I can talk to, uh, I just sold uh, a synagogue, Jewish synagogue. I did, the people at the synagogue contacted me. Uh, through another mutual friend, a uh, Jewish individual that I've done business with, and I think he's a great guy. Um, but you, you see how that is, you know, yes. here, here I am at this point where my name is out there, and I've, and I've established a good business, and no, and the, the racism is, is not gone, but it's to a point to where, you know, in this business, really, that, look, if you can get it done, and you can make me money, 
I don't care what color you are, I see green. That's not right. everybody, but that's the majority. And that's a good thing I do like about the commercial real estate industry. What I dislike about it is that it's not enough of us in it. Right. Probably over 600 some agents, commercial real estate agents here in Chevy County, and only probably about less than 10%, maybe 5% of them are African American. Why do you think that's so? Well, one, in commercial real estate, there's no salary. You're not, uh, some companies, uh, or I should say this, uh, for my company, give you an example, I bring my kids in, you know, I'm gonna take care of my kids, so yeah. while they're doing what they do, I might pay them a salary, but that's not the norm. I'm not gonna hire an agent off the street and say, okay, I'm gonna pay you a salary. And in commercial real estate, it takes a lot longer to close a deal than it does on a residential. It may take you a year, a year and a half to get a deal done. Let's go back to the gentleman I was just speaking about, my junior agent. It took him a year and a half to close a deal. But during that year and a half, he bought a new house, mm. he got a new car, his parents were making sure he was good yeah. while he was getting to the point that he needed to get to. Mm -hmm. And he probably had some things saved up, some money saved up enough to where he can pay certain things too. But he was able to continue without stressing, without worrying about where my next dollar going to come from, or thinking that, you know, like most African Americans at my level, when I, the way I was, when, when you're out there and you're trying to come up, you always have back of your head the possibility that i may become homeless okay keep in my car <laughs> so that's something that um for the majority that are in commercial real estate that are um white caucasian or other color um they don't have to deal with that and and, and let me say this that's not all of them because some of them have that in the back of the head too that may have said, I want to get into commercial real estate, but they come from a poor family or a poor situation. Right, right. So that real estate game is commission-based. So you're going to have to, <laughs> and then with commercial, yeah. it takes longer to close the yeah. deal. But That's I'm right. sure the rewards are very nice once you close that deal, though. Let me say this. I, I, I can uh, put it this way. If I'm selling residential real estate, I'm going out and fishing and I'm catching brim, it's a possibility I'm going to catch brim or catfish every day. Mm. Commercial real estate, I'm out catching a shark or, or a whale. I'm not going to catch a whale every day. Mm -hmm. It may take me six months to catch that whale. But when I catch that whale, <laughs> look how small the brim is. And look at my whale. So that's right. Wow. You know what? That's very interesting um, that you mentioned about in Memphis is kind of monopolized. The industry, the commercial real estate industry is monopolized. I, I noticed that when I first moved to Memphis that, you know, on some of the commercial real estate buildings, you see the same names all the time and they stick out. And I'm like, dang, they own Memphis, whoever, uh, C-M-R-B-R-E, whatever that was. Um, but I noticed um, exactly what you mentioned. It's kind of like a monopoly here. So, you know, I, I think it's great that you have your own firm and, you know, these young African-Americans are looking at you and they're like, hey, I can be successful in this industry as well. So tell me about how you actually took the step to start Braden, Braden and Braden LLC. Well, um, that starts back when I was the vice president of the mortgage company I was telling you about. 
I started buying real estate. And when I started buying real estate, I had fortunate I ran into a gentleman or Caucasian gentleman helped me out who was uh, seeing interest in, in, and again, everything comes back. And I like to say, I, I want to point this out. It's uh, my drive and my determination got me where I am today, along with God first, but my drive and determination. Yes. And God placed that in me to get there. But that drive and determination is so strong that it uh, other people, the aura, other people could see that and see how I'm moving and say, you know what, I, I want to work with you. And so this gentleman seen that I bought one or two properties from him. And then he turned around and started saying, look, let's do business. It almost reminded me of, I seen the movie, The Banker, and how the white gentleman asked, the, when the black guy asked the guy about doing business with him, he did. He ended up doing business with the black guy. And then he realized, look, you know that black guy knows something I don't know. And it was something, I'm talking about, mirror. Mm -hmm. What me and this gentleman end up doing. I, I called him up and sent him and said, look, go take a, you know, <laughs> take a look at this movie, The Banker. It's, it's, it really reflects how we started. Yeah, and uh, and from there he started basically handing me properties that the bank was handing him, and he was financing them for me basically. And so he'll put his amount on it and sell me the property. So I started to acquire a number of units that way. Uh, and when I started to sell them, and that's a, another story on things that I learned you talk, when I talk about the negatives. The negatives is that it's certain things, I, a lot of things I didn't know. And I try to tell, uh, when I mentor and I tell kids all the time, look, I went the wrong way. But if I go back, I would go to college, go to school, and, and I would have these, inst these instructors that I'm paying, these professors that I'm paying to teach me everything. Mm -hmm. See, I got bits and pieces and I was picking out what I need, what I thought I needed to know from these individuals so I can run business. But then when you, and there's another way that you learn out here and that's from your mistakes. And yeah, so definitely. I'm making mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. And I was learning from those mistakes and they were costing me, costing me dearly. And um, so this gentleman kind of just fed me so many deals that uh, but once mistakes started to happen and I, I realized that I was, uh, I couldn't get what I really needed, I started to sell them. And then that opened up another opportunity because I'm always focused, looking at different things that opened up an opportunity for me to say, you know, uh, I've sold this apartment complex to this person. A year or two goes by, this person's doing good with it, but they, the value that went up and they saying, they come back to me and say, can you sell it for me? Mm. So that going on breaking 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 let me get my let me go ahead and get my broker license and let me because i already got my uh real estate license i just hadn't got my broker license so went, went back get my broker license and Brayden 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 was born and here we are today with Braden Braden and Braden so tell me about it it's a, it's a family business is it set up and when I when I first uh the name and started the company was named after my th three kids it's really their company to a certain degree uh, they were, um, I think my son may have been three or five years old. Uh, let me see, that's, that's wrong. He was born, yeah, he was three. He was three years old. And my daughter's was maybe seven, ten, somewhere in there. And I uh, named it Brayden, Brayden, Brayden to my thoughts then to encourage them to let them, you know, under, almost 
when you when one tell your child that she's a queen or he's a king yes telling them that by saying this is yours mm-hmm. to these expectations and, and, and understand that you got to run this so start preparing yourself today at the age three at <laughs> age seven as age 10 mm-hmm. to be able to run this company to take what i'm doing a lot farther so that's and they've actually done that too uh, they're doing that uh, as we speak my daughter tracy works here she's doing great job uh she's uh, bringing in the not things i tell my team all the time i don't, I don't need anyone around me that i'm smarter than mm. i don't need anyone in here that can't bring something to the table or else okay. we go and when i say my daughter so my <laughs> all three of my kids are very 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 intelligent but she is just doing a great job now were any of the three kind of reluctant to really like go head in on the business you know how we kind of like you know we want them to Take do it yeah. on there but maybe one of them like well i don't want to yeah. do that not one of them not a, <laughs> matter of fact they were trying to get into it before the time that i needed them to get into it i'm like no you're gonna get this degree and get this done get your master's and you know and my uh tracy who's here she was in law school and <laughs> only maybe one year left. We went to okay. Los Angeles, California, and only one year left. And I was like, hey, please finish that. Please. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to be a lawyer coming home. Okay. So, um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've had some challenges mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with the company in the past, and I still have challenges today. It's just different challenges. Um, but, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad that they're on board and yeah. comfortable today. Okay. Now, you know, we are definitely in a pandemic right now. How has COVID affected your business, Curtis? We've done pretty well. I will say going through this COVID time and I and, and, and I'm keeping up with it and, and I was clearly business slowed down some, but we still have business. Um and then with you know, I've this. I've been back. Uh, Brain 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 has been on its own, away from Marcus and Milicek, because that's a piece I left out. In 2008, when the market crashed, Marcus and Milicek, the larger firm, was coming to buy me out and said, you know, it was on my doorstep every day. Hey, look, we need you. We need you. And they wanted to buy me out, not so much to have my business, but to have me. Mm-hmm. So I made an agreement. Look. I'm not closed, shutting down my shop, but I'll tell you what I would do. I would come in and contract with you guys, and I'll be an agent over at Marcus and Millichap, but I need to keep breaking, breaking, breaking. And they'll, um, so for that next 10 years, I was doing business through Marcus and Millichap, under Marcus and Millichap, and breaking, breaking, breaking was still like my own team or my own company with myself. Um, so 2018, I let them know I'm parting ways and we were still trying to work out some type of contract or agreement throughout 2019 that just never formed. So in 2019, it really deceased, but 2018, I had moved my company into uh, the building that we're in now. And I own this retail strip. I purchased this retail strip and we have office suites in here and I take, took one of the offices. Okay. So, um, during the pandemic, I'm saying it to say that the company is fairly still new. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited 
to where we're going and what we're doing through this pandemic is um, proven to me that we're we're here for the long haul. If we can handle this, we can we can clearly make the long. So it hadn't I had business slow down, mm-hmm. but it, I still have a lot of business. I'm doing great other great things. It's, uh, coming up, I own two retail strips now. Uh, got two retail strips I'm looking at purchasing in an office building. Uh, that's on Poplar that we're working on. So it's from that standpoint, from an investment standpoint, that's way doing well. And then from the brokerage side, um, as I, do, I have a lot of deals that's working, a lot of things that's going on daily. That mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm happy to say that it's not really hurting us. And then as far as our tenants go. Um, knock on wood, we've had to help them, but we haven't had anyone not pay their rent. So that's, that's a blessing too. Definitely a blessing. <clears throat> definitely. I, I give all the credit to that to my daughter Tracy. She handles that department and she's doing a great job. Awesome, Tracy. Now, um, Curtis, let's talk about what you do outside of this real estate game. Like, what does Curtis like to do? For fun. This is going to sound very sad. Okay. <laughs> for me now, I'm excited when it comes to business. I, I, I think I've been that way since the age of 16 when me and Ekendai Bandela, if you know Ek, who owns the head of the theater, mm-hmm. we went together. Uh, and he came over to Tris before a year, rather. I should say that. And then he went back to Frazier. But uh, during that time, we became best friends. He's the cousin of my other best friend, Roger Richmond. And we wrote a business plan at the age of 16 on how to, you know, for a company. It was called Your Long Company. And men laugh about that to this day. But that gave us so much. We learned how to go down and get the business license. We mm-hmm. put together a business plan that, that included the marketing part and included the financial part. Uh, projections and it was it was it was great it didn't go anywhere because we got the point that we needed the money to be able to loan to the individuals it, uh, we realized that you know at our age people weren't going to invest with us to be able to get that but it was a great opportunity and it was a great it was an exciting thing that every day we get on from school that we're, we're working on it we're mm-hmm. giving out giving each other to do this and you, I'm gonna knock this out you do this you grab this and you go gather this information and Mm-hmm. We come back and get it all together. So it was it was a great thing. So when you say what do I do for fun, I think right now, um, if it's not hanging with my friends, it's actually think talking about and even when we even when not you talking about group of people that I hang with in that circle, uh that energy. Uh when we together we mostly talk about business. Really? We talk about different books. <laughs> Those are different things, places that, you know, somebody may have went somewhere. I've been, you know, went somewhere or one of the other guys went somewhere. But normally Joe talks about the weekend and his other business adventures. And, you know, he's also a musician. Dr. Richmond talks about, you know, his consultant and then what he do for the school system. Uh, Marvin talks about his uh, car business that he, you know, he runs. And uh, Cedric, who, you know, he's with the DA office and he talks about certain things. We'll, we'll get an update on crime and what's going on. In this. <laughs> uh, but I love our group. You know, I love our group. Um, and, and I love a lot of my friends that's not directly in that particular group that I like to, you know, get around because I feed off their energy. 
and and it was and it goes back to when I used to go to Applebee's mm -hmm. and all the movies. So it you know uh, I, I'm a true believer the people you hang with you know determines your outcome. Yes, and you guys are called the Brat Pack, right? The Brat Pack. Yes. How long have you all been coined the Brat Pack? Uh, ooh, let's see. That started. Uh, well, I can't. I can't really say when some someone said y'all the Rat Pack, and and and, and we just started. It, it was it was some time ago though. Some time yeah. ago. That was uh, again. You talking about my inner circle. Then you have Fred Ross. Uh, you have. Um, uh, Mike Sane, um, uh, Huesley Britt, uh, uh, Rick Barwell, who owns the liquor store. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to see who else I'm leaving out. Derek Payne, Dr. Derek Payne. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> We've seen guys around. Huge, huge, Larry Springfield. Yes. Huge group, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? That kind of speaks to uh, the importance of having relationships, having strong, solid relationships. A lot of people don't stick together as long as you guys have. And, you know, still to this day can, you know, when you want some downtime, you know, you can call your boys up, y'all can hang out, catch up. So that, that's a, a really good thing to have that same solid group of people in your life. That's right. Continue to inspire each other, so all of that is a part of success you know, yes. successful is not how much money you make you gotta, you gotta everything's gotta be kind of rounded you gotta have family friends and what you do for your community all this make you feel good you can have 10 million dollars or you can have ten thousand dollars but if you round it you, you're successful Definitely. Now, Curtis, you know, we have an upcoming election in just a few days. I mean, it's around the corner. It, you know, we're beginning of October. November is knocking at our door. And, you know, we already know who our choices are. Trump and Biden. Tonight is the VP uh, debate. Um, we just saw Trump going through his COVID um, situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or no. <laughs> so, you know, I think you know, between now and voting day, we're going to see a lot, a lot's going to pop off. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the upcoming election? I'm not necessarily asking you who you're voting for, but what are your thoughts in this political climate um, that we are in right now in this pandemic in 2020? Well, I would say this. Um, one of the things I truly feel is to change the trajectory of this country. Uh, it's going to take action. And that action is simple and it's clear. We got to get up, get out, and vote. And that's, I can't, you can't really say anything more than that. Um, we, 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 we can only move farther by actually casting our vote and, 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 and making a change, whether, you know, that change is for Trump or whether that change is for, Biden, but we need to get up and do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm, <laughs> say too much on that. I try to <laughs> politics out of it. 
I know. That's why I didn't want to specifically ask you, you know, but I, I understand what you're saying to get out and vote because, you know, a lot of people are so, I guess, discouraged and, you know, wondering, does their vote really count, uh, especially with the presidential election? Because, you know, we get out and vote and the Electoral College will sum it up for us. So, you know, but I think at a very... Um, local state national level you definitely need to get out and vote because these people are the change makers uh in our communities so um you know at this time i kind of want to know something about curtis Braden that we all don't know what could you tell us that hey i didn't know that about curtis what could Ooh, you share with I us I'm, i, I kind of <laughs> lay it all out all the time i don't know i'm trying to see what the <laughs> One thing. Um, both my parents are deceased. Uh, I miss them very much. They weren't able to meet my son. Um, and my father wasn't able to meet any of my kids. Um, so that's one. Um, I know people around me know that. Um, let's see what else. Something that... Um, hmm. I I am very picky uh, <laughs> in my life with everything. At least you can tell everyone my <laughs> struggles because of how picky I am. You like uh, what you uh, like. I like what I like, and then yeah, and then it can. Yeah. I will say this: I'm I'm I'm, I'm tough to be with. I am very tough to be with. There's a lot come with a with with the package of Curtis Bray. Okay. Um, I'm always focused on trying to um, to do so much for so many, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes the person that's right beside me can feel slighted. I got gotcha. you. To do as much as I can for them too. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm trying to see. Now, if you were headed to lunch right now and you get in your vehicle, what would be playing in the car? Would it be more business news or would it be some hip hop? Would it be some jazz? <laughs> some jazz. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's what you like. Okay, well, you know what, Curtis? I have really enjoyed you today and, you know... I want you to kind of tell us uh, at this time about, you know, the need for more representation of African-Americans in this commercial real estate space. You know, what could you tell people out here to encourage them to um, partake in this industry that's, you know, such a low percentage? Well, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm, I'm working on changing that. Uh, me and some of my colleagues, whether they're black or white, we're all kind of on a point now. We see that there's a problem and we're trying to fix it. And I'm trying to streamline and kind of be one of the front ones to help change that. Uh, I'm putting together a platform for my company to where we start to bring in residential agents. Yeah, the requirements that they got to be a residential agent for at least 12 months and you must have closed at least 12 deals and then I'm going to they can apply and come in with me and if after interviewing if I feel that they that are a right fit that they have a little bit of what I'll tell you that I, I, that aura if they right. got that right aura I can bring them in 
And, and, and my firm, even though we're a commercial real estate firm, we still do residential. And I left that residential piece there so people can still eat. So basically what we're doing, we're allowing them to fish for that crop and that catfish while their net is thrown out for that whale. So, and, and I'm putting a platform together that's all, you know, I'm also training them and teaching them and giving them the tools that they need to learn, not only learn, but to be able to market and actually get out there and get business. So that I feel that, you know, if I can get 20 or 30 agents in and train them in commercial real estate, that's going to help start to bring more. And I kind of teach them to teach because I'm teaching an executive staff. Some of these guys are going to go and start their own firm and then they can continue with their platform. I'm not trying to create this platform for me. I'm creating this platform for others, for everyone to be able to use so we can continue to feed feed into this commercial industry yes. people that look like us definitely well that's an amazing thing that you're doing i wish you nothing but success how can everybody you know see and uh learn about the amazing work that you do curtis can you get, provide them with your social media handles or your website just brayden that's that's uh instagram that's linkedin and that's uh facebook um my website is www.bbbcre.com and my telephone number is 901-301-3691. I, I put it out there all the time. Call me. Yeah. Call me. Yes, call Curtis. <laughs> yes, well, thank you so much, Curtis, for sharing your journey today. I can't wait for this to post and everyone to hear about, you know, some of the challenges and triumphs that you have gone through and how you are, you know, still creating a pathway for others to join this commercial real estate game. Because I, I know it, it's a tough game. <laughs> yes, because I know several people in this business, but uh, thank you so much for being my guest for this episode of the Verbally Effective Podcast. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. You're welcome.